Good morning. Today we're going to conclude the 40 days of prayer series. You, you know, throughout Scripture, God promises to answer your prayers. One of the shortest examples comes in Jeremiah. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, Call to me and I will answer you. That's a promise from God. If you call to him, he will answer you. And God answers every single prayer. Now, he doesn't answer them the way you would like him to every time, but he answers. No is an answer. Wait is an answer. Grow up is an answer. In a little while is an answer. In my way is an answer. God never leaves a prayer unanswered. And not every prayer God says yes to do. And there are a lot of reasons why he doesn't say yes. And there are a lot of examples in Scripture where, where God has said no to great men and great women of faith. Prayers that were prayed by Abraham, and God said no. Moses, God said no. Daniel, God said no. Job, Jonah, Elijah, God said no. Even Peter and Paul, God said no. And if we're honest, we know we're going to have a lot of no's from God in our lifetime. And some people, that can be confusing because they think, well, if God truly is a loving God and if he has all power and he's in control of everything, why, why deny my request? It's a good request. And that's the question, right? Why do some people get the miracles and others don't? Why wouldn't we pray for people that are sick? Some get well, but some die. You know, I've prayed for a lot of people who were sick and got well and I prayed for a lot of people who were sick and they didn't. Why do some people get relief from the pain and others don't? Why do couples that pray for a child get a child and others who are just as sincere pray for a child and claim God's promises and don't get a child? Why does God say yes sometimes and other times he says no? And when you think about it, there are some mysteries, but there are some obvious things. For instance, one thing that's obvious, if two people are praying for the opposite thing, obviously God cannot answer both. You know, if your kid is praying for a snow day and, and so they don't have to go to school and you're praying for beautiful weather so you can get to work, God can't say yes to both. But then there are also these prayers that if God were to answer them, he'd have to take the free will and the free choice away from other people. I mean, what if someone came up to you and said, I'm praying that God forces you to marry me. Or I'm praying that God forces you to, to, to do things my way. Well, that won't happen. Because God doesn't take away your free will. He created you in His image. He's not going to overrule His choice and your choice. He doesn't force you to do the right thing or the wrong thing. So that's a logical reason why people pray for things and they don't happen. But there's another. And it's sometimes when we pray for sick people. And if everyone that you prayed for got well and never died, anyone with great faith would never die. But you see, we weren't meant to live on this planet forever. Right? We weren't meant to live forever. I mean, I want to live forever. I just don't want to live on this planet forever. Because here there's sorrow. There's sadness and suffering and sickness and racism and injustice and abuse and harassment and sickness and disease and war and all kinds of things. I'm glad we don't have to live on this planet forever. 
See, I want to live forever in a place where there's no sorrow, no suffering, no sadness, no sickness, no tears. So yes, not everyone that you pray for to get better will get better. There are times when God says no and, and it's really unexplainable. There are times when you ask a legitimate request and you don't see anything wrong with it and it doesn't happen and it makes no sense. And you go, oh God, I don't get it. I don't get why you said no. This, this is a perfectly legitimate prayer. And I think when that happens, when God says no, that is the greatest test of faith in your life. Because God's saying, hey, are you going to trust me or not? So I want to deal with that this morning. Well, what do we do when God says no? And, and what I want to do is two things. First, I want to give us a few possible reasons why God would say no. And then I want to share with you what to do when God says no in your life. Because we're going to get a lot of no's. You're going to get a lot of yeses, but you're going to get a lot of no's. As I said, there could be a thousand good reasons why God says no. But before I share a few possible explanations, I want to share a word of caution. Use these, these reasons that I'm going to share with you. Use them to comfort yourself, but never use them with somebody who is in pain. Never give these excuses to someone who, who is hurting. Because we don't know why God said no to them. See, I'm going to give you three reasons why God could say no, but it could be none of these reasons for the person you're talking to. And it's kind of presumptuous for you to just assume you know why. And it really doesn't help them. Explanations never comfort anyone. I mean, some things we won't understand until we get to heaven. So we shouldn't presume to know why God does something unless he specifically tells us. A great example of this is Job. Job was the wealthiest man in the world in his time, the Bill Gates, the Warren Buffett of his day. And on one day, he went from hero to zero and lost everything. All of his children were killed by marauding terrorists. And he had a big family. All of his crops burned down. All of his cattle and sheep and goats died. He lost all of his wealth in one day. Then he got this terrible, incurable, painful disease. And then he goes and he sits down in in the ground in an ash heap to mourn, to grieve and despair. And he had three friends. And his three friends show up and, and at first they do the right thing. They come and they sit with him in silence for seven days. That, that's what a friend does. When someone is in grief, you, you show up and you shut up. And the deeper the pain, the deeper the grief, the fewer the words. You know, I've heard people say, oh, I, just, I just don't know what to say. They've just dealt with a tragedy. I don't know what to say. And, and don't say anything. Just, just be there. You know, I, I will always remember the day that I found out my mom died. I was a freshman in college, 17 years old, been there just over a month, and my dad called, told me the news, and it was horrible. Her death was, was, was horrible. Being 600 miles from home and away from all my family and my friends was, was horrible. And I remember that night I was kind of wandering around campus. I didn't know what to do or where to go. I was way, wasn't flying home till the next day, and 
I ended up in the basement of the chapel. And a friend was there, and she, she sat with me. And she played piano. I pulled out my trumpet. And we just played through the hymn book. One song after another. We, we just played songs together. We didn't talk. She, she didn't sit there and tell me, oh, Tim, everything's going to be okay. Everything happens for a reason. She sat there. She played with me, played songs with me, cried with me. And I'll never, I'll never forget that. Because that's what I needed in that moment. See, don't say anything. Just, just be there. And for seven days, Job's friends just sat there and they were the best friends you could possibly have. They carried the pain with him and they didn't get in trouble until they opened their mouths. <laughs> and the rest of the book of Job is them trying to explain the unexplainable. Job, you're suffering because of this. Or maybe you're suffering because of that. And they offer all these reasons and excuses and they, they think they're helping, but they're not. They're just making it worse because they don't know why it happened. And at the end of the book, God comes and before he restores Job's health and, and, and everything else, he speaks to Job and his friends. And he reprimands them for trying to explain the unexplainable. He says, I'm angry with you for, for have not been right in what you said about me. My servant Job is the only one who spoke the truth and got it right. I like that. Because you see, through a lot of the chapters of Job, Job is just complaining to God. God, this, this is terrible. God, I hate this going on. God, I've, I haven't done anything wrong. God, I just don't get it. And he's just complaining. And God says, you know what? You're right. It's okay to complain when you're in pain. It's okay. What, what's not okay is trying to give an explanation that's, that's just wrong. And the reason I'm kind of belaboring this point is because you're always on thin ice when you try to explain something that God doesn't explain. So, 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 so just take this word of caution. Use these to maybe encourage yourself, but don't use them to try to explain to others. So here's three out of thousands of reasons why God would say no. And the first is God says no when he has a bigger perspective. God can see things you cannot see. He sees the whole picture. You don't. He sees the future. You, you don't. He sees around the curve. He sees 10 years ahead. He sees the implication of every decision you make. You don't. Hebrews 4.13 He knows about everyone, everywhere. Everything about us is bare and wide open to the all-seeing eyes of our living God. Nothing can be hidden from Him. Our problem is with our limited perspective. We don't see the unintended consequences of what we're asking. God, God sees how the dominoes will fall. God sees that, that every prayer that is answered yes and how the chain reaction starts. We, we don't see it. He knows how decisions you're asking for are going to affect you and your children and your grandchildren. He sees multi-generational. You can't. So yes, sometimes God says no because he sees what you don't see. If, if you saw your life the way God sees it, would your prayers be different? Yeah. If you could see life the way God does, would it solve a lot of our problems? Absolutely. We'd never have unexpected trouble. Oh, I never saw that coming. No, you'd see it coming. You'd never have unexpected difficulty. You could prepare in advance. 
You know, I've asked a few times in this series, do you, do you give your children everything they ask for, everything they want? Of course not, right? It's because you love them. Because you can see things they can't see. Right? No loving parent gives their child everything they ask for. And God loves you too much to give you everything you ask for. He can see what you can't see. Every prayer has consequences and God sees ahead. Sometimes God says no to your prayer to protect you from something you can't see to guard you. Proverbs 2.8 God guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful one. Notice those words, guard and protects. Right? It doesn't mean God takes you out of the trouble. It doesn't mean he takes you out of the frying pan. He may leave you in the frying pan. He just keeps you from getting burned. Think about the story of Daniel. Right? The king was throwing Daniel into the lion's den to be eaten. And Daniel prayed, God, get me out of here. And God said, no. And he let him in the lion's den, but he shut the lion's mouth. Bigger story, better results better miracle. Or think of the, the three Hebrew men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that defied the king and wouldn't obey him. And the king says, fine, I'm throwing you in the fiery furnace. And they said, Lord, keep us out of the furnace. And God said, no. And he let them go in. But he walked through it with them. And they were untouched and unburned. <clears throat> and sometimes you're going to say, Lord, get... <laughs> Don't let me go through this fiery trial. Don't let me deal with this pain. And, and God says, no, you're going to go through it. But I'm going to go with you. And when you come out on the other side, you're going to be free. Free from that habit or, or that person or that fear or that guilt or that shame. or Free from whatever been binding you. Sometimes God says no to set you free. Paul's greatest desire, his deepest prayer was he wanted to go to Rome and preach the good news. Because Rome was the center of the Roman Empire, the capital of the world. And, and Paul's idea was, I'm going to Rome and I'm going to preach in the Colosseum and, and this giant harvest crusade and, th and thousands of people will come to Christ. Well, God said no to that. But he did let Paul go to Rome. He was just in chains as a prisoner. And while he sat in prison, instead of preaching in the Colosseum, he wrote these letters to these churches. The letters that we call the New Testament. And what do you think had a greater effect? Paul preaching to hundreds, maybe thousands in the Colosseum, or, or his writings of these letters that still we study today? He would never have written those letters if God didn't put him in prison. God has a bigger perspective. Number two, God could say no when he has a better plan. See, sometimes God says, I intend to answer your prayer, just not the way you want it answered. I'm going to say yes, but I'm not going to say yes the way you want it. I have a better idea. Isaiah 55 verse 8 says this, This plan of mine is not what you think you would work out. Neither are my thoughts the same as yours. For my ways are higher than your ways. God says my ways are higher. They're, they're better. I've got a better plan. N notice the word ways. It's, it's plural. My ways. He never just has one way of doing something. His options are unlimited. Let me give you an example. Let's say, for example, you're, you're deep in debt and you're in financial stress and you say, God, God, I need help. I've spent money. Uh, that, that I don't have to buy things that I don't need and I'm deeply in debt and, 
God, I, I blew it. It's my fault, but I need you to help me, bail, help me out, bail me out. Now, how can God answer the prayer? We can do it many ways. I mean, there are many ways that he could help increase your income. Or, or there are many ways that he could help reduce your expenses. But you see, the problem is when we pray, we not only tell God what we want, but how we want it. We want it our preferred way. We want it the easiest way. God, I need you to get me out of debt. And what's easiest? Well, I need to win the lottery. I, I need to win the publisher's clearinghouse. God's not going to use that way because that doesn't help you grow. He doesn't want to use the easiest answer, but he wants to use the best answer. He's more interested in your character than in your comfort. He's going to answer. He'll help you get out of debt, but he doesn't want you to get out of debt the easy way because tomorrow you'll be right back in it. He wants you to learn some stuff to stay out of debt. The best way, that helps grow your faith. And sometimes that requires a delayed answer. Because remember, God is not a, a vending machine. He's not a, a genie. He's not a slot machine where you, you pull the handle of prayer and pull the lever and boom, you get the answer. It doesn't grow our character. It makes us less likely to grow. So sometimes God, in order to help you grow, delays the answer. He says, we're going to go slow until you grow and then you get the answer. You know, there, in Scripture, there are a lot of people of great faith that didn't get the answer that they were promised to them before they died. A lot of people in the Bible didn't get what they asked for. They stayed sick. They stayed poor. They stayed whatever. In Hebrews 11, it's God's hall of faith. And it says, These were commended for their faith, <clears throat> yet not, none of them received what had been promised. God planned something better. God plans something better. Think about it. God, <coughs> God has all of eternity to fulfill his promises. And some of the promises that God has given to you will be fulfilled in heaven. And you know, when you look back, if you're honest, I imagine you're glad that God didn't answer some of the prayers you had. I know I am. There are a lot of prayers that I'm glad, looking back, God said no to. Because he has a bigger perspective and a better plan. No, number three, God says no when he has a greater purpose. God has a purpose for your life. He never created anything without a purpose. He won't even let you interfere with your purpose through your prayers. If you're praying something not according to his purpose, he's, he's not going to give it to you. Psalms 57.2, I cry out to God Most High who fulfills His purpose for me. God, God isn't obligated to explain why He does what He does. He doesn't owe you an explanation. He, he's God. And there are some things you just couldn't understand. But He says, you know what? I have a purpose for your life. And not everything that happens in your life is good. You, you know that. Right? There are a lot of bad things that happen in our life because we make bad choices. Because other people make bad choices. But God says, you know what? I can use even that. Even your bad choices. Even your dumb mistakes. Even other people's dumb mistakes. And I can fit it into this purpose. This purpose that is good. You maybe are in a tough spot now. 1 Peter 1.7 The purpose of these troubles is to test your faith. As fire tests how genuine gold is. Your faith is more precious than gold. 
So what do you do? Anytime you feel discouraged, remind yourself God has a greater purpose for your life. He's got a bigger perspective, a better plan, a greater purpose. 2 Corinthians 4.17 These present troubles are quite small and won't last long. Yet they will produce in us an immeasurably great glory that will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see right now. Rather, we look forward to what we have not yet seen. For the troubles we see will soon be over. But the joys to come will last forever. So there are some reasons why God would say no. But the question is, what do I do when God says no? What should you do when God says no? Number one, trust that God does everything in goodness and love. Everything God does is always for your best good because he loves you. Psalms 25.10 says, All the ways of the Lord are loving. There are no unloving ways of God. God cannot act in an unloving way because God is love. Romans 8.28 says, In everything, God works for the good of those who love him. Remember that. Trust that God does everything in goodness and love in your life, even when he says no. I don't have to understand God's answer to know that it's motivated by God's love. God loves you too much to give you everything you ask for, so trust that when he says no, he's doing it out of goodness and love. And number two, when God says no, when you're in pain, pray like Jesus prayed when he faced the cross. The, the night before Jesus went to the cross, he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he knows that tomorrow is going to be suffering. Tomorrow he's going to be put on the cross, and he's going to be shamed and spit on and whipped and crucified, and, and he doesn't want to go through that. Even any more than you and I want to go through any pain that we deal with. And the Bible says he was in agony, and he went to the garden to pray, and the prayer he prayed is the same one we should pray. Mark chapter 14, it says, going a little farther, Jesus fell to the ground praying, if possible, he might not have to suffer what was ahead of him. Crucifixion. He said, God, if it's possible, I don't want to die on the cross. If there's any other way for the salvation of the world, let's do that. I don't want to die on the cross. He said, yes, I want your will, not mine, to be done. See, here's the three things you should pray. First, affirm God's power. He said, Father, I, I know you can do anything. All things are possible for you. God, I know you can take care of this situation. I know you can keep me out of this suffering. I know you can take away this pain. You are all powerful, God. Second, ask with passion. He says, Father, please give me what I ask. Father, please take this cup of suffering away from me. God, please take away this pain. It's okay to ask that. Sometimes God will. Sometimes he won't. So then the third, accept God's plan. But Lord, not my will, but yours be done. God, I don't want to go through this suffering. I don't want to have to deal with these problems. But what I want even more is I want your plan. I want your purpose. I want your perspective I want your will in my life. I want your will be done, not mine. And you know when you pray that prayer, God smiles because he knows that you're trusting in him.
Third, what do I do when God says no? Expect God to give you His grace to handle His answer. Well, what's grace? Grace is God's power to handle this pain. It's God's power to do the right thing even when it's painful. I'm going to do the right thing even when it hurts. I mean, even the Apostle Paul didn't get the answers to all of his prayers. In fact, when he had what he called a thorn in the flesh. And we don't know what that was, but it was a lifelong problem causing great pain. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 8. Three times I prayed to the Lord about this and asked Him to take away. But His answer was, My grace is all you need. For my power is greatest when you are weak. So I gladly boast about my weakness so that Christ's power can flow through me. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I'm not going on in my power. I'm going in God's power. God has a greater purpose. And right now He's working on you. And He will give you the grace and He will give you the power to handle it. He'll never put more on you than He puts in you to bear it. So trust God. Even when He says no. Let's pray. God, we thank You. We thank You even when You say no. Because we trust that you know what is best. You can see things we cannot see. You see how these decisions ripple and alter our lives in ways we'll never know. So Lord, when you say no, help us to trust you. To trust you know what is best. Help us to pray, Lord, your will be done. To pray even when going through troubles and even when going through difficulties to seek your will for our lives. And Lord, give us your grace. Your grace that helps us make it through to the other side. So that we can look back as we always do and we can see it was your hand that guided us. And we can see how you are our all-powerful, never-failing, always-loving Abba, Father. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.